to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about the glory of God and biblical counseling. today with a dear brother pastor, a good friend, uh, Dr. Brent Osterberg. Uh, Brent is the preaching pastor and elder at Living Hope Bible Church in Mansfield, Texas, right here in the DFW area. Uh, He is, as I mentioned, a a dear friend, a fellow brother, and one of our contributors here at the uh, CBCD ministry. Uh, Brent teaches at our conference. He is a regular contributor to our blogs, and as we're doing today, our podcast. And uh, I am so thankful to have Brent back on the podcast. Brother, thank you for being here. It is always a pleasure. Thank you, Keith. So we were just talking about kind of the origin of this talk that we had talked at a, a national conference about the idea of the glory of God in counseling and how that is is unique, really, to biblical counseling. So that, that kind of brought up the conversation today, and we just want to have a conversation that we hope will be helpful to all of you that are listening as you learn about biblical counseling and as you practice biblical counseling. So, so Brent, uh, what does the glory of God have to do with biblical counseling? Aren't people just coming to us to get their problems fixed? Uh, yeah, uh, the conversation you were referencing um, was back in the fall of last year at the National Conference. And it stuck with me, Keith, because you said that biblical counseling is the only kind of counseling that has the glory of God as the ultimate goal. And um, as we were talking just a moment ago, um, this shapes the entire counseling process for us. It's not just the end, but it also shapes the means and what what we do along the way to get to that goal. Um, so the glory of God um, is the goal, and it's not what um, other kinds of counseling might have as the goal, right? So uh, other um, methods of counseling or frameworks might see uh, peace in relationships as the goal or um, the experience of certain emotions or a rest from certain undesirable circumstances. That would be the goal in other counseling frameworks. But for biblical counseling, it is that God would be honored, reflected, known, and treasured. And so um, we need to remember that biblical counseling is not a circumstantial problem-solving. Now, that's, that's not what it is. Those things I listed are good things, but they're not ultimate things. And we want the ultimate thing to be for us always the glory of God. Um, in, in my counseling, and I'm, I'm sure this is uh, true of other counselors as well in the ACBC world, pretty early on in the counseling process, uh, I want to try to help my counselees to imagine their circumstances not changing. I, I want them to, to square with that. What if your circumstances never change? How would you feel? What would be going on in your heart? Because I don't want them to idolize circumstantial change. I want them to view the glory of God as the end result. And so that that kind of is uncomfortable in maybe the first few sessions. While I'm giving hope, I want them to to embrace that early so that later on they're they're not derailed during the counseling process. And so I, I do want to do that pretty early because I, I want to bring them to a place where they're thinking um, like Psalm 115, verse 1, right? Not to us, oh, Lord, not not to us, but to your name, give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. 
And uh, another verse that might be um, pertinent here would be Isaiah 48, 11. God saying, for my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory, I will not give to another. So that's that's kind of an introduction. But I think that that's what the glory of God has to do with with our endeavor here. I appreciate that, helping us to understand the glory of God, treasuring Christ, trusting Christ, loving him, and, and looking that as as the end goal of what we're trying to do in counseling, but really in all of life, right? Whether you eat or drink, yeah. whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, First uh, Corinthians reminds us. So, yes. so that's really helpful. And um, so as we try to wrap our brains around the glory of God in the context of counseling, when we do that as a goal, when we point people to the glory of God, in biblical counseling, how does that benefit our counselees, do you think? Yeah, I think it protects our counselees from a few different things. Uh, first of all, I think it protects our counselees from hopelessness or discouragement in counseling. Uh, there's great hope in, in having God's glory be that ultimate goal uh, of the counseling process, because as believers, we can reach that goal. We can actually give glory to God no matter what our circumstances are um, by the power of the Spirit working through the Word in our own lives as we believe it and embrace it. Um, We don't remain in the counseling process until our circumstances change, but until we know what it means to respond faithfully in our circumstances and thus glorify God. Um, So many people have just kept a therapist now, as one of their monthly bills for so long, just seeking to cope, right? Um, or, or when they want their circumstances to change and they're not changing, to continue to press on until those circumstances change and they're in counseling for an indefinite amount of time. But for us, we, we want to show them, here's what it means to glorify God in your circumstances, even if they never change. You live that way, trust and obey and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, in the midst of all of this, you can have success because God says that faithfulness to his word is success, not relief from the circumstances. And so um, I think this is hopeful also because you can do all the right things and your situation still be the same, right? Um, you, you can do all the things that that God would have you do and your circumstances never change. And if someone is looking for uh, like a formulaic kind of counseling where I do these things and I get this result in terms of uh, their circumstances changing or or being uh, better as a result of their commitment, then that could be really deflating for them. Well, I, I did what you said, but but my life feels the same in terms of the burden is still there. The, the hardship is still there. Why didn't it work? And that can be uh, very discouraging. But for, for us to seek to be faithful unto Christ, well, now, as a byproduct or, or a gift from God through that obedience, we can actually have joy, even though our circumstances wouldn't appear to be joyful. So um, think of John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 10 and 11 Jesus says this, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
So obedience there is what it means to abide in Christ in this context. But then that is so that we may experience the joy of Christ, that fullness of joy that is, is promised. And so it's not that you don't have joy. It's that joy comes through trusting and obeying the Lord, regardless of whether or not your circumstances change. And that's very helpful. So I think that's one thing. Um, it protects us from hopelessness, but also idolatry. Um, you and I talked, Keith, about uh, the ACBC National Conference last fall, and there's a breakout session uh, by our brother Omri Miles, and it was fantastic. Definitely a uh, a resource to point our listeners to. His his breakout session was called Doxological Counseling, and so he he very much was talking about the glory of God in the counseling process, and he said one of the things that um, that is true about counseling is this: biblical advice. Without the glory of God as the goal will be used in your counselee's idolatry. So in other words, they can um, have the biblical principles of communication, right? You can teach them the four rules of communication and a married couple can engage in those four rules of communication. And there is a certain piece that comes through using those, those principles. Let's say if, if uh, the wife just has so badly wanted peace in the home. And she gets this tool, these four rules of communication, right, that she can live by um, in, in Ephesians chapter four. And she starts doing things that way. And then her husband follows suit and there's this peace in the home, but there's no glory of God that is the ultimate goal. Then they're just serving peace. They're using God's word and, and they've hijacked it to serve their idols. And so if we have the glory of God always before us in the counseling process, then it, it protects us from idolatry. And and I, I think of John 6, 26 in that regard as well, right? Just thinking of those who came and sought Jesus on the other side of the Sea of Galilee after he fed them. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves, right? You're, you're, you're seeking me. You're using me to get your bellies filled. And so that can be the way that we think about the biblical counseling process, I think. Uh, we're called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? Well, finally, I'd say that um, that seeking to have the glory of God be the ultimate goal of counseling is to also protect uh, our counselees from excuses, right? Uh, I think a lot of people go around and, and they're seeking all of the things that they can seek to to fix their problems, and if they go through the counseling process and it didn't work, right, it, it didn't seem to have the desired effect, then they, that can become an excuse for them to can continue to sin. Counseling just didn't work either. I tried all, I tried everything. Counseling didn't work either. But if God's glory is the goal, it makes it a lot harder um, to give that as an excuse. We can't say this because um, circumstances, you know, may stay the same. Um, but we can own the fact that we weren't actually seeking God's glory, right? We weren't doing the work. We weren't believing certain things. Um, and so it kind of puts us in a place where, where we can't make excuses uh, any longer. Yeah, this is really helpful, Brent. I think there's a whole paradigm shift that you're describing that is really counterintuitive. I think even to Christians that while in counseling, we want to think about circumstance change, like you're talking about um, relief of suffering, um, you know, helping them feel better, function better. And those are not bad goals in and of themselves, like you're saying. But this whole paradigm shift that there's something better, there's something bigger 
that God is calling us to in Christ to live for his glory and, and why that, that transformation, that perspective is really the end goal. Um, and then it affects everything. Like you're saying, it, it protects us from these, um, these, uh, challenges that we're facing and, and idolatry and, and hopelessness and whatnot. So really helpful. Although you realize this is a, this is a big ask, sort of speak, right? And this is a really radical somewhat change in how we typically think about counseling and caring for people. So, um, how do we help people get there? What, what sort of practical suggestions would you help us as counselors to be able to care for people in this way, helping them make God's glory as the goal? Yeah. Um, good. That's a great question. We, we want to get down to the practical as well. Um, I would say just in, in terms of, um, homework, focus your counselee's attention, um, on their hearts changing and reflecting the glory of God instead of their circumstances changing so that they get a certain kind of relief that they're looking for. So, um, so that you come in after giving such homework and it, it may be a situation where you've got a, a husband and wife and they have been bickering about certain issues in the home. And if, if the husband yelled at his wife, over something she she didn't do, the question could be, you know, what what were you seeking to do? You know, what what was your goal in that? To which many husbands would say, well, I, I was I wanted her to change. I wa- I wanted her to stop doing this or to start doing this. And you then could say, yes, but but we've talked about this. And this is that's not your goal. Your goal is to be pleasing to the Lord. Your your goal is to exalt God in the way that you love your wife. Your, your ultimate job is not to fix your wife or to change her. You, you need to look and see, are, is your heart changing? Is it reflecting more of the character of Christ so that God is exalted? And so these kinds of conversations just, one of the things I like to do is, is take um, a couple or take a, a counselee through uh, real life circumstances that they lived the previous week and say, okay, what, what were you thinking when you did this? What was your goal? And what should it have been? What, what, uh, what desires, what scriptures do we need to think about turning to now? And, and you can make those scriptures be very uh, God centered and not just the do's and don'ts of practical Bible principles for living, but the glory of God kind of verses, right? Um, I was, I was struck with uh, the fact that in, uh, Omri Miles, his, his, uh, breakout session, he talked about 2 Corinthians 3.18, which we use a lot, right? It's a, it's a go-to text. And he said that, um, the glory of God is really the, the end and the means according to this text. And so I'll read it again. Um, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And so it's the glory of the Lord that we're gazing into in the text, in, in Scripture. And as we see that glory revealed there, then the Spirit uses that to transform us into the image of Christ. Now, as we become more like Christ, well, what was Christ like? He, he had his Father as the focus. He was seeking to obey his Father, please his Father, right? And so we begin to have that same heart as we look at the glory of God, and then we become like Christ and, and then give glory in that same way. And so um, I, I think that we need to understand that's the, both the end 
and the means, the glory of God. And so you can take them to texts like that and, and then show them the glory of God and, and having them look at the attributes of God in the Psalms and in the prophets so that they see that the glory of God is so much better than what they're hoping for. Relief, peace, fixing another person, what have you. The glory of God is better. Right. So I would say that. And, um, and and as you're assigning Bible reading, which I hope you're doing with your, your counselees in terms of homework, as you're assigning Bible reading, you can have them look for what the Bible says about God, how it prioritizes God and exalts God um, instead of just looking for the, the to do elements of the scriptures. But what is it saying about who God is and how glorious he really is? And so that their eyes are not just looking for the. The, the practical application, but they their application ends up stemming out of exalting God in their hearts. Um, you know, finally, I just say this: a good book to to, to look at would be um, a book called "Look and Live: um, Beholding the Soul Thrilling, Sin Destroying Glory of Christ" by Matt Papa. He's a, kind of a modern hymn writer that we look to these days, and, and it really is a, a great read on the subject of how the glory of God and focusing on that glory changes us from the inside out. So, yeah, just some, some options there. Yeah, Brad, this has been so helpful. Again, I think this is such a paradigm shift, such a, a different perspective to adopt that is not natural to us. But we see the wisdom of God in it, and, and certainly the scriptures speak to it, that you know, focusing on God's glory, focusing on trusting him and honoring him uh, above these other goals of circumstance changes or, or feeling better is is really our flourishing that that's our that's our encouragement that is our peace that that we can have peace in any circumstances as paul says in in philippians chapter four so while we want to see relief of suffering and you know functioning better feeling better those aren't bad goals we have to make this goal ultimate and and like you said it's what brings hope it's what brings transformation and uh and christlikeness as our ultimate goal there so um really really helpful um and I, I just would pray for God's grace as we try to put this into our counseling practice more and more. Um, because a lot of times the challenge is trying to get people to buy into this and see this. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the passages you've shared and, and the perspective give us a, a, a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Those those other things uh, often do happen, don't they? Uh, yeah. Like those other things that we make ultimate, they often happen as a byproduct. But if they're the goal, then... Our right. emotions and our and our hope go up and down like a roller coaster. Right. And then God's not given the glory because he wasn't sought first and foremost. Yeah. So, yeah. Like Psalm 73 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my life and my portion forever. And that's that's a glory of God text that's saying, even when I don't get those other things, I have God. And if I have him, I have everything. And Amen. That's, that's the message we're trying to get out. So, Amen. Yeah, that's a great text. As always, brother, so helpful. Thank you. Uh, and this, you're, I was just saying before we hit record, uh, I so appreciate that your shepherd's heart leads so much of the topics that you want to address in our podcast. And I think this is another one that's so helpful as we try to care for, for people well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your time and ministry. Uh, as always, it's a blessing to have a conversation with you. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. Uh, for more information about uh, Brent Osterberg, his ministry there in South Fort Worth at uh, Living Hope Bible Church, you can visit their website at lhbcmansfield.com. 
And for more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us at thecbcd.org.